Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hour number three to get right with Reggie KG on 105. Three, the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Yeah. Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. And you're turning on, leaving on station. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The text line. 877 if you want to get in on the conversation with you until 11 o'clock tonight. Why this statement by Micah Parsons on the Pivot Podcast will have you wondering who is the real leader on this football team going into the future. I just got a very important email. Oh. Um, it's from Dan Brunoff. So I just need to give you a quick update on the weather. <laughs> if you are in the Metroplex, uh-huh. <clears throat> it's hot. Thank you for stopping by my weather update. Uh, that is the weather presented by Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. courtesy of Dan Bruno. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is also some thunderstorms around, so just be safe out there. Oh, you're adding to the weather report? Oh, you actually read the email? That's interesting. Yeah, I did read the email. <laughs> but also also Opie World on, on, on uh, 12 Ozera. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. Yeah, he, he, he said that he got the alert there, so yeah. Shout out, out to... Uh, to our folks in the uh, the Twolo Lounge on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam and on YouTube as well. Uh, search 105 through the fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button while you are there. Come- I, don't got, I, don't, I don't got $100 for your fancy league, yo. Oh, wow. Okay. I just don't. Uh, coming up here, oh, in about 16 minutes or so, uh, Reg continued his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season. And boy, did I lean into that bye week. <laughs> I was like, week nine, bye, count it. I did half my work. <laughs> um, looking forward to that at 920 uh, as we look back at week 10 of last year when the Cowboys went on the road to take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Apparently the final time that the Cowboys saw Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packer uniform, of course, now playing with the New York football Jets. Uh, Regal, we ready for this audio when it comes to Micah Parsons? Micah Parsons was on the Pivot podcast with Ryan Clark. Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder, uh, as they visited, actually visited LaShawn McCoy uh, training camp. And not only did they visit training camp, they actually talked to players, LaShawn. Why would you do that? Um, because, you know, if you want to get real perspective Mm-mm. on players Mm-mm. and how they're feeling about their team nope. and who they like Mm-mm. and how they're progressing, you actually talk to those players at camp to get information instead of posing for a photo op. There you go. Like you were actually there. Yep. To see things actually happening at practice. Nah, you just go get a selfie. We're in the Instagram generation. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Also, I still feel old because I feel like in some ways it should be like the TikTok generation, but I'm still, You're still I'm stuck still on the Instagram. About, yeah, look, man, I just I need to come to terms with the idea that that's I'm what not, them thirties look like. I'm they? not one of the youths uh-huh. no more. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah, that's what the thirties so, do to you. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. 
I might as well have said Nintendo. Get off that Nintendo. <laughs> Not Nintendo. You know, that's, you, that's know when someone, you know old folks yep. like, yeah. Hey, get off the Nintendo. Wait, it's like, mom, that's a play, PS3. What are you talking about? Uh, or, or if they hit you, if they really, you know, don't know what anything is. Off that game. What, what's the go-to default old game that they go to? I'm trying to think. What, you, what, are, what are you going for here? Hey, get off that Sega. Hey, get I ain't get, never heard get off that Sega. Sega. Super no, Nintendo. I, I've always heard Nintendo. Nintendo. Or Nintendo. If you Sega. Remember. That's about it. I ain't never heard it called this, like by an old person. Get off that Sega. Those are the only two that they know. Because at that point, it's just get off that game. That or Tetris. Quit playing, <laughs> quit playing that game. <laughs> um, let's hear from Micah, though, because this statement right here will have you ready to run through a wall on why Micah Parsons goes after Dak Prescott every single time in practice. Listen to this exchange. We the best team in the NFC. Like, how dare you say this team in front of me say this team the best? No, we're the best in the NFC. The approach, the mindset is how I'm taking it. I'm the, if I want to be the best, I'm the best every day. I can't be the best on Monday, not on Tuesday. So every day I tell four, I say, yo, I'm coming for you. Every day I'm competing for you. It's not, it's not nothing personal. Like, I feel like I got to be greater than you every day. If you what they leave for and talking to MJ, I was watching MJ's documentary. He said, I wanted to see who the leader on the court was. He said, I went straight at him. So every day, four, I'm coming at you. You the leader. I got to attack you because that's going to make everyone else like, Mike is balling today. Saying in their third down period, three plays in a row, he disrupted the play. Two outside, one on an ET stunt up in the inside, sack, sack, sack. I can vouch for it, so that's how yeah. you attack it. It's getting to the point, like the coach said, yo, we coming to chip you. Come at me today. Come on. I need that. I need that to get better. Come at me. I need every, everything that I want to see, that I potentially want to see, send it. That's what I need to see. That's going to get me ready for the year. You know what I like about Micah? What's that? Micah gives all the, like, quote, unquote, right answers, right? Like, you know, you know what I mean when it's like you have to give the right answer, right? Except he makes you believe that he believes it. Right, because there's some people that give you the right answer, and I'm, this is not shade towards Dak because, like, Dak understands he's a quarterback in the NFL. There's, yeah, there's some level of um, obscuring that he is kind of, you know, responsible for doing. But sometimes Dak give you the right answer, you're like, all right, we get it. Mike can give you the right answer, you're like, I know he believe that down deep down in his heart. He might not, I don't know, but Mike, Mike, he makes you feel it. There's right? a level of rawness to Mike to Micah Parsons in the way it comes across with him versus with Dak. It's very clean very polished, and for him, part of that is every word that comes out of Dak Prescott's mouth is parsed in some way because of who he is and what he represents to this team and to a larger point, the National Football League. For Micah, he's what at age, what, 23, 24 years old, unfiltered, and this... I'm not sure he's unfiltered, like, because it's the thing, like, man, I think Micah also, like, Micah's played, he played high-level college football. Mm -hmm. He's been... A very visible Dallas Cowboy for at least a couple seasons yeah. at this point, right? Like, he's not entirely unfiltered, let me tell you that. But with that filter, it still feels a level of real. Yeah. Right? Like, he's still, and again, I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. I just, I find it, I there's something to be admired in the idea that whether it is or it isn't, you can't tell. <laughs> and I think part of why I played this clip is because number one, you can tell whom the unquestioned leader is when it comes to a mentality and mindset standpoint for this defense. And obviously, it's Micah Parsons. 
Demarcus Lawrence has been there for 10 years. Leighton Van Der Esch, a leader on this defense as well. Jaron Curse, a leader in this secondary. Guys who have been veterans in this league for a long time. But when it comes to setting the tone, play in and play out, practice in, practice out, it's Micah Parsons. And the fact that he's willing to go after four, and we've heard Mike McCarthy talk about it so far in training camp. Hey, Micah, hey, hey, calm down. Calm down. He's been the number one, quote, unquote, violator in practice because he's doing too much. <laughs> doing too much. Doing too much all-star. Doing too much all-star. <laughs> Micah Parsons. But if you're a Cowboys fan and you have been watching him practice in and practice out throughout the course of training camp, there is a level of intensity that he has brought to 100%. practice yeah. that I think has been needed for this team to give you a focus point on where the mindset of this team is, what they're trying to do. And Micah is doing that. And for him to come after four every day and let Dak Prescott know, look, man, I know you're the leader on this football team. That doesn't mean I can't be great and come after you every single day because that not only raises my level of play, but hopefully in turn that raises the entire level of not just this defense, but this football team. I just thought it was a fascinating answer from a guy who I think is realizing what his place is on this team and what it means for the larger goal for this team to try to win a championship this year. And I, I would like to go back because I think, one, you're very right. I, I don't point out the idea that like he's given the right answer as an idea of like disparaging him because he is genuine and wanting to go out, or, or it very it much appears genuine and wanting to sure. go out there and be the best at every given time, right? Like he seems to really and truly loves competing to the point where – I don't know if you saw today. Obviously, we are not an Oxnard, but we have a lot of you know mm-hmm. ties into Oxnard. I don't know if you saw. Mike was calling plays for the defense today. He was. Remember last week? That was like a joke. He went over to DQ. Like, hey, let me call plays. The DQ was like, no, I'm not letting you call plays. Apparently, it took a week. Right? <laughs> it took a few days, and he actually got D. So the competition of I'm going to get to call these plays, and then the competition of I'm going to call the right plays. Like He, he seems to want to be... Like, I want to be good at everything, and that seems to be genuine. And so it is the right answer, and it seems to also be something that he is willing to put in the work to do. And that is one thing that I think is evident for the folks that were at camp and even from out, you know, away from camp, remotely from camp. It seems evident that this team has a different, a different aura around them. A different feel to them. Yes, they have. Parsons a talked about that too. They have a different level of aspiration, and of course, some of that, as you're mentioning, is started or continued or driven, whatever word you want to use, by number eleven, Michael Parsons, and his drive. And I think that this ends up being kind of in the phrase that they've used, "iron sharp and iron," right? Like they've used a lot of that biblical phrase, right? I think that this ends up being each other gassing each other up to get to the place where now we are all pushing and pulling the same direction and pushing with the level of energy that maybe other teams going into any other training camp wouldn't necessarily have because you can see it. We can see it looking at the roster that they built. And I imagine being in that place, feeling the level of cohesion that they have, feeling like they have put some things together and looking at the way, I mean, they look at the NFC, they can see the rosters. They look, Hey man, this is, this is prime for the picking and you can feel that level of, energy i don't even know what the right word i call is it urgency call. great word you can feel that urgency yeah they know i be, i believe that they know looking at the talented roster that they have however much stock you want to put into the nfl's top 100 you know when it comes to the players voting on it you know have at it for what you feel like it what it is but what they do have based on the larger take takeaway is they have one of the most talented rosters in the nfl and they have built this program over the last few years getting to the wild card round, getting to the divisional round, winning a playoff game last year against Tampa, 
They know, and Micah talked about it in the interview with the Pivot Podcast as well, that team that came off the field last year against San Francisco, that team will never be the same again because of some of the personalities and coaches that are gone there. One of the guys he was closest to, George Edwards, no longer an assistant coach with this team. They know, he knows specifically, that the time is now for this team to make good on what they've been building over the last couple of years. And from the 8-0, you know, 8 here, look, quote-unquote, it's always different every year. While I understand the point and what you're trying to get at, it feels like this year in particular, for some reason, and maybe it's because all of them have talked about it, look, purpose, iron sharpens iron, the intensity level in practice, Trayvon getting after Dak, Dak getting after, you know, the defense as well. All of this is culminating into what they believe is something special. And if you're a Cowboys fan, your leader, your future leader of this team is sitting there on the defense and he wears number 11. And I think he realizes that even with Dak Prescott being the unquestioned leader overall of this football team at this point. Wow, y'all strict. We can't even talk about how it seems like they are pulling in the right direction and seem to have the right mentality. I say that they won the Super Bowl. There's going to be a level of going out there and doing they it. They got to do it. I even acknowledge the fact that, look, man, this is the right answer. This is the answer that you expect to be given in, you know, from leader guy. Like, all of those things acknowledged right off the top. I don't know what you – do you want me to just come out here and poo-poo the Cowboys? Is that what will make you happy? Because, honestly, that's not the way that I look at this Cowboys team right now. This is a well-built team, and it seems like they have that understanding that just being well-built is not enough, that they need to do all the things necessary to get them to that place. At this point in time, on my grading scale, they're in the right place. They're going to have to get on the get on the field. They're going to have to it. get between them lines and prove it. I think they have the capabilities of doing it, but there's a lot of teams – or people or institutions that have had the capabilities of achieving the goals that they set out for themselves and haven't. So they're going to have to do the work, but at least at this moment, they seem to be in the right place to be able to, you know, for this time period, for this, you know, metric marking point on the journey to hopefully achieve that. And they're saying the right things. And I see you 808. I see you 214. I see you 682. We say this thing every single year. And look, at this point, for a lot of folks, it is a broken record. The Cowboys come in with a level of hype, a level of scrutiny that says they've got to get it done because they haven't won a Super Bowl and going on now 27 years. But at some point, someone like a Micah Parsons is going to have you believing in what this group is actually building. And more importantly, there's evidence of progression and growth year after year under Mike McCarthy that you're hoping that it eventually culminates with a deep playoff run and that may be coming as you mentioned, in an NFC that is right for the taking, even with Philadelphia and San Francisco there, the Dallas Cowboys are one of the three best teams in the NFC, if not one of the top five teams in the NFL. And that's on period, based on what this roster has been built like going into this upcoming oh, season. on period, for real? Yeah. That's tough. No, because this is, this is interesting. From the 214, they said we're not bu- buying Jerry's crap anymore. <clears throat> Y'all haven't bought it for the last 15 years. The thing that I find interesting here is, we're not really talking about a Jerry spin here. No, we're not. Like, this is coming from a very particular dude in Micah Parsons who, if there was anybody that you could say is a, a show-not-tell dude, Micah Parsons is that dude on this team, right? Like, I would even understand it if you were saying Dak Prescott saying that. He always say that, right? That's not what's happening here. This is a Micah Parsons who has very much shown you the d- desire and the will to go out there and be the absolute best and talking about, like, we have seen that before he even started talking about it. And then in talking about it, I think that what we're talking about here and what we're pointing to is 
that is the level of expectation that he has of himself that is then translated to the rest of the defense, and they feel the need to have that level of expectation. And having expectations is good. It's the same thing. Actually, it's really the same place that you're coming from, right? You're coming from a place of this is the expectation. They need to win, and until that point, I'm not believing them. They're basically coming from that same place. In that clip that you're talking about, Micah Parsons is talking about all these other, you know, people are talking to Micah and saying these other teams are better. And he's like, I don't want to hear that. We need to be the best. That's a level of expectation that he's placing on himself. I think we're all in the same place. There's just a weird level of animosity in this in this conversation. And I get it. 25 plus years of not making it to that Super Bowl is really caused a lot of tension. But it seems like they understand then that is the place, that is the level of expectation that they're putting on their back is that we need to go and make this happen, not just because of that that history, but because you have the capabilities, you have the foundation of a roster and of consistency and of a coaching staff. You have all of the tools available to you. Now you have to go prove it. And it seems like they understand that. And I think that that's something that we're acknowledging here. Last point I'll say on this before we go to break. If this wasn't the Cowboys – we would be talking about this team in a way that says, look, they are building year after year after year to where they are put now in position to feel like they're one of the true championship contenders because the number 26-27 is attached to this team because of the amount of years that they have won a Super Bowl. People are tired of the hype and it being sold to them every single year. But if you were to take away the name of the Cowboys on here, you would be looking at this team a little bit differently based on the way that they've succeeded Winning 24 games over the last couple of years, but it's but it, because it's the Cowboys, uh, a lot of people don't necessarily want to feel and hear that based on what they are trying to achieve this year. Micah Parsons, terrific stuff. I encourage you to watch or listen to that interview about 40 minutes on the Pivot Podcast. Or don't. Um, I thought it was tremendous. Stuff I mean. You may get something out of it. Apparently not. <laughs> it's the get right. Reggie KG right here on 105 through fans. Speaking of the Cowboys, a real turning point for them a year ago. Yeah, uh, we will review as I continue my Cowboys rewatch of last season. Uh, it was a very interesting trip to Lambeau Field. Week 10 at Green Bay. Let's see what your Cowboys did last season and discuss it next on 105 Through the Fan.
Last year was a turning point for the Cowboys in this particular game as we continue Reg's rewatch of the 2022 Cowboys season. It's the get right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, mm-hmm. Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app on your home of the Cowboys in Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Coming up in 15 minutes, we'll go inside the gray area where apparently studying can get you millions of dollars. Or actually not studying could also have you getting millions of dollars. What? So studying can, but then also not studying can? Yeah. So how did I not end up with millions of dollars? Because I did both of those. You just haven't got there yet. Just haven't got there yet. I don't understand this tease at all. <laughs> Neither did the person who got the millions of dollars for not studying. Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that in, uh, in 15 minutes here on the Get Right. Um, before we get there, though, Reg continued his Cowboys rewatch of the 2022 NFL season, yep. and this stop was in. I watched two more weeks. I watched week nine and week 10. I, I really paid attention to week nine and that bye week, spent a lot of time watching, you know, to you know, see. You know what's funny about that? Because if I remember correctly, so week nine obviously was the bye week, but the previous week, was when they went to Minnesota and beat the absolute breaks off of the Minnesota Vikings. Is that correct, or am I am I getting my weeks confused? Wait, sorry, say that one more time because I was you weren't listening. Mm-mm. Yep, got it. Yep, got it. Look, um, I don't do it on purpose except when I do. <laughs> um, week eight and week ten was two NFC North matchups. Obviously, week ten was the Green Bay Packers. I believe week eight was the Minnesota Vikings it, game. It, week eight was the Chicago Bears. Okay, so the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, all right. Yeah, Vikings was that. But, I mean, you basically had. You had three straight. I think it was three straight NFC North opponents. Week 7, Detroit Lions. Week 8, Chicago Bears. Week 10, at the Green Bay Packers. Okay, so yeah, so it was three straight mm-hmm. NFC North opponents. Yes, sir. And, um, yeah, week, week 10, at Green Bay. Um, obviously, two good teams. I, I do want to remind you of some things coming in. Like, this Green, Green Bay ends up being Green Bay in our minds. It almost ends up kind of like Alabama, where we don't. We just think of the team and we think of what we associate that team with being as opposed to paying attention to what that team is every individual year. This last year, Green Bay team was a weird one where they had they didn't have a lot of talent on offense, but it was a relatively effective offense. They had a lot of talent on defense. It was not a particularly effective defense. You know what it, a lot of us thought coming into that game? What was that? Because a lot of us felt like the Cowboys were the better football team going into that game against Green Bay. Sure. But what was the conversation all week, if you remember? Damn it, it's Aaron Rodgers. And what does Aaron Rodgers always do to the Cowboys? Victimizes the Dallas Cowboys. Even when you don't feel like they're at their best, they still got number 12 on that side. And eventually, as the game went on, we found out they still had Aaron Rodgers. Well, one of the things to remember as well, no Ezekiel Elliott in this game. Correct. And you get a, you start with a good return from Cavante Turpin. Um, early on, there's pressure in Dak's face, but early on, and this felt like a a, a a tale of two halves for Dak Prescott. Because the first half, he didn't look good. He looked off as a passer. Just things things were not – and I'm t- like, he had pressure in his face at times. So some of the times you're like, all right, he's not going to get a good pass off. He's kind of rushing the ball. But even when he had time, he was off, behind, high, just not on with his targets in the first half in this game, which was, not, which was kind of unfortunate because, again, like I said, this is a – this is a talented defense, but not a solid one. You had opportunity. You should have opportunities. Um, and 
the offense or your defense was doing a solid job, particularly when you consider the Green Bay Packers were establishing it, established the run. Like they were running a lot and they were getting four yards at a time. So it's not like they were gashing you, but they were also staying on the field. And when they had opportunities, they were trying to throw to Christian Watson. Um, that name will become very important here later, uh, a little bit later, if you don't recall. Uh, but Christian Watson, rookie wide receiver for the Packers, is like 6'5", real fast. He ran with like, what, 4'340", if I remember correctly. He ran something crazy for his size. And he was getting open. Shout out to uh, Brown. Um, but he was drops. Drops. And that was his season. He started the season, his career, with a drop. Like, he had drops. And so... Was that going to be a problem? No. Even uh, Mason Crosby, woeful 54-yard kick. I mean, it looked disgusting. So for those of you that are like, hey, go get Mason Crosby. He had two kicks in this game that looked awful. And this is week 10. It wasn't even all that cold yet. <laughs> but no, those are all the things that were off, evident. Um, Dak looked a little less off when he was in play action. I was wondering if him in play action brings him a little deeper in the pocket as opposed to like your normal step drops out of a shotgun or from under center. And I was wondering if that was helping a little bit, making him look a little bit better, getting away from that pressure up the middle. Uh, but, yeah, those were the things. We got a Tyler Smith hold in this game. Um, but it was it seemed like as Dak wasn't looking solid, Kellen Moore went to a lot of short passes, a lot of flat routes, things like that. And that's when they were able to actually build some level of offense, getting them down the field, and that's how they scored their first touchdown. Um, so, like, it was interesting seeing Kellen Moore kind of adjust in that way mm-hmm. <sighs> lots of Dak using his legs too and I wonder if that also factored from seeing How about him that using his legs especially not even just like getting outside I'm talking about a Cam Newton type you know I guess what we would consider almost Jalen Hurts type sneaks and short yards third and short type runs Dak Prescott was getting some opportunities at now where I will not praise Kellen Moore D-Law gets a forced fumble, and Dallas recovers it in the second quarter. And Dallas has a short field, first short field of the season. And they waste it. And this is how they waste it. First down is a Malik Davis run up the middle. I want you to guess how that went. (laughs) It didn't. Right. Second down, they run a screen that's supposed to go to um, C.D. Lamb. It gets blown up by by the right defensive end getting up the field and basically beating Tyler Smith to the point where he can kind of Force Dak to pull the ball down. Dak doesn't have another valve. He has to just run out of bounds. Mm-hmm. That's blown up. Now you're in third and long, and this is where we get to talk about a Dak interception. Ladies and gentlemen, are y'all excited? Y'all ready? Oh, boy. Do you remember what this one was? I believe this is the one where Dalton Schultz and CeeDee Lamb were both in the same area at the same time. Yep. And, and the yeah. word of the day, ladies and gentlemen, miscommunication. Yep. Right. This is, you, this is a route where you have – CeeDee Lamb and Dalton Schultz stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. And they're both running straight down the field. And they both are kind of crossing a little bit. But they're both basically running like a post or an in. And what's supposed to happen is that Dalton Schultz is supposed to affect, his route is supposed to affect the safety. And then CeeDee Lamb is supposed to get underneath the safety. Uh, have that open space. There. And have that open space once that safety is affected. They get tangled up. They don't seem to know what the purpose of their route is. And Dak seems to trust his wide receivers. He just fires it in there. Should he trust him? Probably not, right? Probably not in that instance. You should probably see that this this isn't going well. But he look, my guy's going to be there. He throws it. Safety can drive on, and it's an easy interception. It's easy to blame Dak, and he has his responsibility and his culpability there. We cannot ignore the fact that the wide receivers were not in the places that they needed to be, and this shows up time and time again because later in the game, 
CD Lamb, another one of these. The other interception is where CD runs basically a similar route. He faints like he's going to cut in front of the, uh-huh. get in across the face of the safety, and then he goes deep. And Dak again throws to where his where his receiver is supposed to be. Interception, a very easy one. Again, should he have trusted the wide receiver in that instance? I don't know. Probably not. But another one of those things where there's some there's some shared culpability there. And this is an interesting game because we were talking before we got to this segment about how this was a CD Lamb breakout game for you. That's you right. You were like, this is the one where you knew he was wide receiver one. Yeah. Uh, people will point to the Giants game a little bit where he had that one-handed you know, touchdown grab as well because uh, he was doing some things with Cooper Rush at the beginning of the year. But this is the game, especially in the second half, you looked around and said, oh, CeeDee Lamb's becoming that alpha male number one wide receiver. So I believe in this game he wound up with 11 for, for 150 yeah. and a couple touchdowns. Yeah. And, and all of that happens in the second half when things open up. Yes. And for him, that's when you felt like, all right, Dak and CeeDee are starting to finally get on the same page. And for me, it was a springboard for the rest of the year for the way that CeeDee Lamb was not only utilized, but the production that came with CeeDee Lamb. Ultimately, they built, what, a 28-14 to 14 lead yes. in this game. And what's funny is it didn't feel like that watching the game. Like, And, of course, it's because I'm not watching the yards pile up. But what I did notice, the moment of growth that I did see, the instances of CeeDee not crossing the face of his safety. There's another play later in the game. It's probably on the drive where they're leading up to take the lead, the larger lead on um, on the Green Bay Packers to make it 28-4. to four. It's a really insignificant drive. And it really should, or not an insignificant drive, it looks like an insignificant play. C.D. Lamb basically runs the same route, that end that we're talking about, crosses the face of the safety, catches the football, instantly gets tackled, and it's like, all right, simple completion. But this is what a lot of those plays should have been in the first half, where he was just not getting across. And it felt like C.D. Lamb was like, oh, okay, I understand what I'm supposed to be. And from that point, you see C.D. Lamb on some, you know, cross the field routes where he's just beating dudes in man and getting open. And, of course, Dak Prescott is putting it on him, right? So you got interceptions over the middle of the field. You've got him finding CeeDee Lamb on the outside, uh, you know, outside of the hashes. And I wonder if that also factored in in some ways as well. Um, Hey, man, the run defense was not exactly what it needed to be. And one of the things that I noticed is Quinn Bohanna. Um, There's one of these touchdowns for Aaron Jones where he gets to run through the the, the Red Sea because it parts. And part of the reason that it parts is that Micah Parsons is playing linebacker this whole game, mind you. The Packers have been getting to the second level, third level. Their blocking is really good when it comes to running. They get to the second level before Micah Parsons even moves. Quentin Bohanna, who is your nose tackle in this instance, is going is moving to the outside and trying to knife up the field. And th- this is something that Quentin Bohanna seemed to do a lot in a lot of these games. Turning his shoulders, getting skinny, and trying to get up the field. And it's like, hey, man, in a run-stopping situation, you need to eat up space. Yeah. And it seems like what we've heard from camp is that he's doing more of that, and I hope that that's being adjusted because he created created a lot of running lanes last year by trying to get skinny and get up the field, and you see it very specifically in this game where one of these touchdowns for Green Bay is just him getting skinny, opening up the middle, the A-gap. He's moving away from the A-gap, opening up the A-gap. Aaron Jones just goes straight through yeah. it, makes one dude miss, and he's in the end zone. Not only was that running game good for Green Bay in that game, the biggest star to come out of that game – Christian Watson with, what, three touchdowns in this game against the Green Bay Packers, if I remember correctly? uh, Let me double-check that. touchdown game for him? Let me check the box score for you there. Um, But the thing about Christian Watson, three touchdowns, four receptions, 107 yards, three touchdowns. Yep. Here's the thing. Yep. It's four receptions. And they're all deep. 
and it's just him being big and fast. And here's the problem. I know that you keep bringing this up like, we let, we let Christian Watson go off. Yeah, this is the problem. Christian Watson was going off in those games or before that if he could catch the football. It seemed like it clicked for him just like it clicked for CD. Like, CD's like, oh, if I just go in front of the safety, I can catch the football. Christian Watson was like, hey, I'm a wide receiver. If I catch the football. If I actually catch the football. You know what? This could go really well. And that's, I feel like that's all that happened. Uh, what ha- Somebody from the 2 what did Gallup do in this game? Uh, not create a lot of separation. Yeah, I mean, Gallup's still coming back from the torn ACL. He had his moments during the course of last year, but obviously he was still working his way back from the torn ACL. So you weren't going to see a lot of that early on, uh, even as we got to the halfway point of the season. Actually, the, the the completion for CD was in overtime, in the drive in overtime, funny enough. And your overtime drive, you should have won this game. Your overtime drive stalls out because of flags. Yep. Because of offsides. penalties, a Tolbert offsides, <laughs> and so those Woo! the things that we're talking about, the little that Tolbert did last year. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Woo! There's a lot of little things here. There's some good play calling. There's some bad play calling. There's some wide receivers figuring it out. There's Dak not looking good, and then looking really good in the second half. And some of that is coinciding with his wide receivers figuring out what to do. This feels like the tale of the Cowboys seasons in a lot of way. Not being able to stop the run. Like, there's a lot of the Cowboys season distilled down into the Green Bay game in Week 10. And it maybe, is, maybe it's telling altogether that you end up with a 31-28 loss in overtime. That game and the Jacksonville game were the two games that were the most maddening to me last year because you had a 28-14 lead. Obviously, people remember that game a lot because of Kellen Moore not necessarily, quote-unquote, running the football and Mike McCarthy slamming his headset down at one point during this football game. And for some folks, that was the game where they felt like, oh, that was it for Kellen Moore in terms of his uh, fate being sealed uh, with this football team. But, yeah, just a that was a bad loss that day. Yeah, and this is the problem, right? If it was all bad, we could say it's all bad. There was a great two-minute drill to end the first or first half, right? Like, obviously, you were had the opportunity to build a uh, two-touchdown lead in this, right? There's a lot of good in this. There's bad in this. It just ends up coming out in the wash. And I think the weird thing about it, and this is the tough part about talking to Cowboys. I know people want to just live on the bad. I, If I'm going to be neutral in the ways that I want to be, I'm going to acknowledge all of them. And the fact of the matter is you still had an opportunity to win this game. You did. And you couldn't do it. And it ultimately cost you a game or two in the NFC standings. It is what it is. Uh, that's the Cowboys rewatch from 2022, week 10 as the Cowboys took the L, unfortunately, to the Green Bay Packers that particular day, 31-28 in overtime. Coming up next year on the Get Right, we're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. There was one person who got what I was talking about, oh. about the person who earned millions of dollars and didn't study a damn single thing. Yeah, I still don't understand it. I'll tell you who it was next on the Get Right. Okay.
you realize what you were playing just now? Yes, I did. Well, I didn't play it. It was already in the system, so. Don't blame the system. Oh, Don't okay. blame the system. It's okay. Let's huh. get right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula, Regal Mendoza holding it down for here. About to go inside the gray area here in just a moment. It's funny because when I start thinking about hip-hop conversations on this particular station, there's one particular take that just rings out in my mind every time I think about it, and it's the funniest thing that I've ever heard, and it still doesn't make no sense to me. You ever heard Choppy's take when it comes to Jay-Z? Oh, God, please don't upset me right now. What is it? I only got oh, you, you, I only got like an hour and 15 minutes left in work. Don't upset me right you've now. You've never heard this take from Choppy? Yeah, clearly, you've never heard it either. Please yeah, don't no. upset me. Please don't do this right now. So Choppy refers to Jay-Z as a system rapper. A what now? <laughs> What's what in what in the RJ? What are we doing here? Seriously? Oh man, yeah. A What's system. the system? What's the system? Yeah, what is the system? I would I like to know, know what the system, system is. See, now that's the interesting part that he can only adequately explain himself because I still haven't been able to wrap my mind particularly around it. You know what? Actually, we might have to do this. Get Choppy on the phone. Get hey, you got Choppy's phone number? I do have Choppy's number. Call Choppy. Oh Call boy. Choppy. I was gonna do it, but I was like, it's kind of late. Yeah, I, I know say, that they got yeah, they got to wake up, up in the morning. Nah, all right. he got it. Call, yeah. call Choppy. Oh, oh, I cannot shit, believe. Jesus. Okay, I'll shoot him a phone call. See what. Yeah, let's see if Choppy pick up the phone. Oh my God. So he can explain himself. What happened? Swaggy Booty said Jay Z. They say that they think Jay Z is the most overrated rapper over. They're saying Woo! that only decent album is Reasonable Doubt. Wow. Woo! Hey, friend. Ooh. Friend, I mean this sincerely. Ooh. Get help. Drugs are bad, you know? Um, <laughs> I see Michael Jordan's meme all over your face. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Get help. Get some help. <laughs> I, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. man. Like, this isn't even like a subjective thing. Objectively, that's wrong. <laughs> wow. Um, as we attempt to get Laura Choppy on the phone, we'll wow. see if we can get him here in a... In just a second. So I was see. We started this segment so good. I was eating some apples and some peanut butter. I was just having a good time. Well, it made me think about you know hip hop. You know, obviously him playing the Eminem song, and then it made me think about the morning show with what? Oh, I think we have him. Uh, of the Sean, RJ, and Bobby morning show can be heard 5:30 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on your home of the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers, 105 to the fan. He is Lord Choppy, RJ Choppy, uh, Choppy. What's going on? What's up, guys? Uh, just hanging out. Okay, yeah, I was well, I was afraid that I you didn't were... give him any context, by the way. Oh, good, figured, good. Yeah. Thank you, thank uh, you. I, I was I was afraid that you were going to be getting ready to you know get some sleep, get well rested for uh, the the RJ and yeah, Choppy show in the morning. We were, yeah, we we uh, we were getting you know put the kiddos to bed, and you know, my older one wants to watch some Spider Man into the verse thingy or whatever it's it is. Spider-verse. Spider-verse. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, let's let's get that set up on Amazon Prime and the younger ones playing is Roblox or whatever and you know, just hanging out ready, ready for bed. <laughs> well, we are inside the gray area here on the Get Right with Reggie KG, so welcome inside the gray area, Choppy. Um good as to be here. When we were coming in from the break, we were playing, you know, Eminem's Stop all this foreplay. Can you just get to lose the, yourself? Get no, to the I gotta say proper contest because oh, he has no goodness. idea. Uh, and made me think of obviously, you know, some of the takes that we hear on this station, and one in particularly from you, where you say on rather frequent occasion that Jay Z is a system rapper, and Reg has apparently not heard this particular take from you, and he would like for you to explain to him. Yeah, what, what does it mean? What it means? I, I'm very confused. That Jay Z is a system rapper. Help me attempt to understand. Okay. All right. So, 
it's common. I, I, you know, I don't want to say it's common um, theory or, or, or knowledge, but I, I think many think of him as like the goat, right? Yes. Okay. And, and I'm not saying he's not. I'm not saying he's just not great. Okay. But what I'm saying is that my and and I, and I will admit this. I will admit this freely. Um, I am. I, I was born in 1979, so like when Tupac and Big were going on strong in the mid 90s, that to me was like that was gold standard. And then both those guys tragically died. We think. And then he was just there. So his system is that like. He was really, really good in a time of transition. And I think that if he was just kind of in this era that we're in today, which I think I think today is an underrated golden era of hip-hop. I think what, what we have today is phenomenal. From Drake to 2 Chainz to 21, I mean, I think these guys are phenomenal. Um, I think if, if, if he became so great because we were, we were looking for somebody – to fill a void that was gone. You see what I'm saying? Am so I, am it, would, I wrong? it wouldn't make I mean, him a know. system rapper. It would make him opportune. And I don't think you're entirely wrong with this. Somehow talking to you has made me appreciate <laughs> your stance and a lot more. And you can more. see his face right now as the look has like slowly dissipated from like straight fury to, you know what, he might actually be on to something here. However, I do think that you're underrating Jay-Z's pen. Like Jay-Z is an incredible writer when it comes to rapping. But I do, I do understand your point a little bit better I agree with you that we do have a lot better, a lot better talent that people give it credit for in this current time. And he did have some, like, there was some fortune, good fortune for him in the time in which he came up. But as Jay Z said, you think uh, somebody else made hove? Okay, then make another hove, right? <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, yeah, look, and I, I'll freely admit, I don't know who writes what. I mean, I don't, I don't really get into that. I don't know who writes what, but like, you know, and he's really, really good, you know. And and you know, you can't take away from what he's done, right? So what he's done is what he's done. I just feel like, oh man, there's a little void there, and you know, I wonder if he would have the same, um, if he had the same kind of allure, if Pac and Big never died, you know, like like it would. would we're, we're, now, now, granted, you want to get deep. What would we think of them if they never died? If they kept, if, you know, they kept on making more music, and you know, you know, if their next album wasn't any good, you know, like you know. We, we kind of lose that and we look at it like, man, they were so great. And I think we romanticize a lot of what they had. And so I you, think right there's, now you think there's no Jay-Z if there's still Tupac and big is what you're saying? No, there's still a Jay-Z because okay. Jay-Z came out of this first album before they both passed away. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're still there. You know, and, and but I, I romanticize with pop smoke, you know, like, it's like, okay, you know, he passed. Um, and I look back, I'm like, man, what would he have been if he kept going? But, you know, I, I think that, you know, I can't take it away from Jay-Z. I can't take it away from him. Like, he he was there. He thrived. Uh, and he married the queen. So, what, like, what am I going to do? So, how do you feel, Reg? You feel a bit better now having heard the explanation? I'm conflicted. I was ready to be mad at you, Chuck. But you know what? <laughs> I, I, I think you handled yourself well. I, there's still some points that we disagree with. But I, you know what? I think that this is very much more uh, amicable than I thought it might be. Man, I'm here. Like you know, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm here for, man. You see the cowboy boots and everything, and you get you get thrown off. <laughs> He's not all Rocky Top when it comes to Chop, baby. Okay, <laughs> it's not just the Rocky Top that you get with RJ <laughs> Choppy. Hey, Chop, appreciate you hanging out with us for a few minutes, man. Go put the kids to bed, okay? Love you guys. Enjoy. Appreciate, appreciate it. You. That's RJ Choppy of the uh, Sean and RJ Morning Show, along with Bobby Belt, five thirty a.m. to ten a.m. 
on 105. You feel a bit better now? Sure. No, I, I thought he had okay. good reasoning behind it. Just like the statement, and this is Choppy is so good at this. Giving you <laughs> He disarmed you so quickly, didn't he? he? No, it's not even that. He can distill his takedown into just like this one sentence that is infuriating. <laughs> and you know what? There's there's some value in that. Getting you to feel something, right? Because uh-huh. this is a tough thing in this business in general. Yes. You want to make people feel something. Good, bad, otherwise. Choppy make you feel, man. And Choppy make you feel something. Buddy. Yeah, he does. Let me tell you. Because I was I was ready to say some bad things about Choppy when I heard, first heard that. I'm not going to lie. Oh, man. Uh, appreciate RJ Choppy hanging out with us for a few minutes. Uh, real quick, we'll save Johnny Manziel for tomorrow. Uh, that's who I was referring to when you can study, oh. not study at all, and uh, oh, you know, still oh, make millions oh, oh. of dollars. Um, we'll get to a little more Johnny Menzel. Yeah, good, good luck doing that. You, you better be as talented as that young man was. I say young man. He's not young anymore. He's still a relatively young man. Fair. Um, the headline goes like this, though, real quick. Oh, we sneaking something in here. Okay. Yeah, just real quick for 30 seconds. Unless, do you, do you want to come back around to the... to the? I don't want, I want you to get your full value. Oh, no, because the headline... All you need is the headline. Okay. And it goes like this, gentlemen. Ric Flair got so high with Mike Tyson once that he thought he died. I need to hear more. <laughs> Look, I, I haven't even re- I haven't right. even actually finished this right. Uh-huh. You want to like split this or that? Oh, and then get some. Look at you not trying more. to do work. See there, I see what you're Look, doing there. But I, uh-huh. this is sincere. Look, I will get it done if I need to, but I really do want to hear more about this. All right, ten twenty, please. Because this sounds fantastic. I, I'll save it for ten twenty. That's inside the gray area here on the Get Right, Reggie KG here on 105 through the fan, where Jay-Z is not a system rapper. He's not. You don't have to think he's the greatest of all time. That's fine. But he's a damn good rapper. (laughs) Coming up next, we got your headlines at the top of the hour here on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.